Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, On the Edge, where we bring some of the most compelling stories in Canadian business to you. I'm Rob Driscoll. And I'm Kelly Ryan. Did I ever tell you about my brilliant move in the stock market when Amazon was first becoming the next big thing? No, Kelly, but I have a feeling you're about to share it. (laughs) You're so intuitive. I decided that while everyone else was buying into this big new retailer, I'd go behind the scenes and buy into the companies that make the cardboard boxes for them. Now, I am telling you this story now because it relates to our interview yesterday. Ha! Clever connection. And you're right. Desmond O'Kell is a senior vice president of Enterprise Group, Inc., based in Alberta. Enterprise is the -the behind-the-scenes company that facilitates energy production in Western Canada. What do they do, Rob? They provide the infrastructure, the power to run the machinery, even the lights on the big drill rigs. Sort of like the cardboard box guys for Amazon. Sort of, yeah. Come on, give me that. Okay, okay, yes. Thank you. There are four companies under the Enterprise Group umbrella, and they all bring critical equipment and infrastructure to work sites. We talked with Des O'Kell about how the business is doing. It was a nice quarter, and uh, obviously the the energy sector here in Canada that we we service is is at a at a good pace, uh, uh, which is a nice change. Uh, about uh, uh, just short of a couple of years ago, uh, we uh, we finished a seven year downturn, so it's been uh, markedly better over the last couple of years, you know, as evidenced by our, our quarterly uh, financials. This Q1 was, uh, you know, a combination of a number of things uh, taking place. Uh, we have uh, some, some newer equipment offerings, very innovative uh, equipment offerings that uh, we brought to the market here in the last three years. It is developing some ter- terrific uh, momentum, as well as, uh, you know, we've seen two uh, consecutive years now where our clients are have been increasing their CapEx budgets for development in in the field. So the more they do in the field, the more they're looking for our equipment to be on their sites. Um, So we had a a terrific quarter. It was uh, uh, markedly up in in, uh, in revenues, uh, margins increased, uh, and of course, uh, we're publicly traded. So the measuring stick of uh, of all is earnings, and, and the earnings were were terrific. Yeah, and as you mentioned the seven-year downturn, but I think it was particularly impressive that over that period, Enterprise Group actually was consistently cash flow positive. Is that right? Yeah, and, and you know, I don't mind patting ourselves on the back and our finance team. Uh, we did a, a pretty good job, and like I said earlier, is right-sizing everything uh, for lower activity levels. Our, our clients were asking us to compress our pricing. Um, you know, to work in the field, we had to, you know, kind of hold hands with our, our clients and, and, and walk that, uh, walk that walk. So, um, we, we were cash flow positive, we're equipment rich. So, uh, depreciation does, uh, keep, keep us from earnings per share in that sort of, uh, economic environment, but, uh, we were cash flow positive. Uh, not sure our peers and, and competitors can all say that. So, you know, we did. It was quite an achievement for the company, for sure. 
Um, and I think speaking of investors, um, there, there are some things that often get ignored. And, and one of those is that in, in your case, uh, feeling that your share price is actually quite undervalued. A lot of companies feel that, but I, I really believe that about you guys, that even just the, the value of your assets with your, <clears throat> excuse me, with your group of four companies uh, should have your share price much higher. Um, can you speak to that? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a combination of things. Um, you know, the our clients, the producers, they've seen uh, recognition in the market. Uh, you know, the the Tourmalines, the Canadian Natural Resources, uh, you know, the Conical Phillips and the Shells. They've all seen their share prices uh, accelerate over the last couple of years as those uh, commodity prices. Uh, got better and their earnings were, were, have been rich here for the last couple of years. The services always lag, you know, the, the producers get the recognition first and then, and then the services do lag. The recognition will come. We, we, we think this year it's going to be a, uh, an inflection point for services. Um, but there's no doubt. I mean, if you, if you read our uh, financial statements and our uh, management discussion uh, analysis uh, document, you know, we outlined in that uh, our equipment assets, uh, our, our whole positive assets are worth about 75 cents a share. You know, we're currently trading in the mid 40s at the moment. So we're still at deep discount. We're leading edge on a number of uh, different fronts in, the, in our class of equipment that we offer to, to the clients. So uh, we, we love our positioning. Uh, we think we're deep discount at the moment for sure. So for those who um, are just tuning in and perhaps don't know the background of enterprise, who can you help that might not know about you yet? Well, you know, what we do is we bring all the site infrastructure to, to the energy sector. So we're bringing, uh, you know, to drilling and completion and frack sites. We don't have any drilling equipment or, or fracking equipment or anything, but we bring all the site infrastructure. So when they go out into these very remote areas and they develop their, uh, their reserves and their production and so forth, um, when they're drilling and completing, they're out there for several weeks or a few months at a time. We're bringing all the mobile office structures, the medic buildings, uh, the power systems that power everything on site, the lighting, the heating, uh, communication towers. So we're bringing all of that site infrastructure that they require to operate 24-7 in very, very remote locations. And of course, in you know, for seven months of the year, much of our north is Arctic conditions. Uh, one of the innovative things that we've uh, incorporated here in the last few years, and we are the, we hold the sort of first mover advantage on, if I could use that term, uh, is below the power systems that we bring to siting. Uh, historically and, and traditionally, they are diesel power. So, uh, there could be anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 diesel-fired uh, generators on site. If you can appreciate a, you know, a three, four, five-acre site, it might have anywhere from four to 14 light towers. The bottom of each light tower is a, is a small diesel-fired generator. Uh, and then there's larger generators that power the office buildings, and the medic shacks, and the bathrooms, and everything else. That requires a tremendous amount of uh, fuel. Um, that fuel can be anywhere from three to 5,000 liters a day. Uh, so there was a, a tremendous amount of noise happening on site and a, a tremendous amount of uh, diesel fuel and emissions from the burning of that diesel fuel. What we're doing 
is we have retooled our power fleet over the last three years, and we are bringing on one natural gas fired unit, a large unit. In most cases, it's a, tur a gas turbine. And we have a uh, deployed a microgrid around the area and everything plugs in. There's a, a number of things that, 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 uh, that, that benefits the client is, first of all, that uh, fuel distributor that they're having come out every day or every two days out to a remote area to deliver you know, thousands of liters of fuel for refueling, that goes away. Uh, the noise uh, volume on site drops dramatically. And of course, you've got some safety and environmental issues with respect to fruit fueling and rain. Every time the nozzle goes in and comes out, there's you know, stuff getting on the ground and what have you. So that's eliminated. But in most cases, over 80% of the, uh, uh, the sites that we're act active on is we're utilizing the client's natural gas that's produced in the area or on site. So that, that fuel distributor check that they're writing for, for several thousand liters a day is gone. Um, and of course, uh, they're utilizing their own gas. Uh, further than that, the big win here is the drop in emissions. So CO2, when you move from transition from diesel to natural gas, is over 30% reduction in CO2. And things like NOx and SO2 and particulate matter uh, drop by 75 to 99%. So there's an emissions win here that uh, our tier one clients who are deemed uh, heavy emitters are caught in some new regulation over the last couple of years where they need to track their emissions. They need to stay under a certain threshold. If they're over that threshold, they're penalized financially. If they're under, they earn uh, carbon credits that show up on their balance sheet. So there is a, you know, an incentive move to transition from diesel to natural gas. And none of our competitors uh, at the moment have, have been able to uh, be financially nimble enough to retool their their uh, power fleet. Uh, we have. We've been doing it over the last three years. How come you guys were so nimble? Well, uh, like like uh, Rob asked the question, you know, we were able to stay financially right side up through a very, very lengthy downturn, stay cash flow positive. Um, we, we were able to uh, d dispose of two of the businesses that we owned that were uh, non-oil field related, and we sold them at uh, very, very opportune uh, prices, and we were able to uh, slash our debt at the time to almost net debt free, and uh, it allowed us the the, uh, the ability to do what we've done over the last few years and, and position ourselves for what we think is the future way of powering these sites and, and this transition away from diesel to natural gas. We think it's the wave of the future. We happen to be here first. Um, it's uh, there's some IP involved with it, and there's some very, very technical expertise that we built up over the, the last couple of years that competitors would have, uh, not a barrier to, but it would be in a hill to climb for sure. But we're here first, and, and we've got a uh, terrific collection of Tier 1 uh, clients, uh, not only Canadian, but international, working here in Canada. Speaking more to a macro level, Des, um, I, I know that you and Len have been operating a good business for quite a while, and... Um, your technological advances, including switching your fleet from diesel to natural gas, uh, it's an example of uh, progressive oil and gas companies that are you know, actually tackling these problems on their own. And the industry often gets demonized. And do you, do you find that uh, 
that people are starting to realize that <laughs> the uh, Canadian energy sector is is actually not the bad guy. It seems to me that pe- people are coming around. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's uh, it's being recognized. There's no doubt about it. Historically, the Canadian uh, energy sector have been leaders, absolute leaders worldwide in in, in new innovation, uh, technological advances. Uh, not only both in, in just uh, you know uh, productive equipment and, and, and new things to do uh, to better things, but environmentally, uh, you know we are uh, we stand at the very tip of the spear in 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 how we conduct ourselves in the field, uh, extracting these resources in, in the most uh, you know ethical and environmentally uh, responsible way. I mean, we absolutely lead it worldwide. Um, and you're right that uh, the the innovation and the the achievements, the, the sort of targets that are out there and, and achieving them and, and going further, I don't believe credit is properly getting recognized. It is, there's no doubt. Uh, we are getting recognized for it, but I don't think it's a general statement. And uh, we're, we seem to be running very fast in a direction where there's there's no alternatives uh, in place to to uh, to. to Place things like uh, you know natural gas and and, uh, and oil and, and gasoline and all, all these things that fuel our our uh, our world today. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, the world is a, is a better place because of fossil fuels. Emission reduction is something that we is on all our minds and it's happening every day in the industry. Uh, innovation is going to get us there, not not solar panels and. My feeling is that the energy industry, oil and gas in particular, uh, really allowed the politicians and the so-called environmental leaders to carry the conversation. Now, Kelly and I are always going to disagree on on, uh, this topic to a degree. To a degree. (laughs) To a degree. I I paint with a finer brush than than Rob does. But but we, like I, I was... Uh, urging the energy sector way back in the late nineties uh, as a corporate consultant, I was I was imploring them to to get active and and start pushing the positive messages of oil and gas out there. I I just feel that the energy industry failed in the PR game and, and that now it's they're playing catch up. Uh, is that because they were too hard at work or just didn't have the marketing savvy to, to see what was about to happen? The only thing I can say is it's probably a combination of that. Um, you know, the, the, the energy sector is, is filled with technical people. Uh, I think uh, uh, the technical people, the, you know, the production engineers and the engineers in, in general, I uh, usually think that, uh, you know, physics and thermodynamics will, will always win the day, right? <laughs> right. Which are the realities of things. And this is something that, that is escaping the masses today is that uh, uh, they just haven't thought out uh, the, the globe's demand for, for energy and electricity and how that is delivered to them and how would you, you know, start with, some kind of a transition and they just look out think that all those vehicles will one day be EVs and that should be by next Friday. <laughs> and they don't understand that uh, uh, you know, to do that, that the, the mining effort to get those uh, battery-grade materials to, 
to play, to even have 20% of the, uh, the world's vehicles on the road, uh, it, they don't understand the mining effort. And it's, it's, it's you know, in some cases, uh, impossible. In terms of uh, the future, do you, do you find, um, are, are you optimistic that uh, we can go forward with, without terrible policies that disrupt energy security? Yeah, I am, I am optimistic. I think uh, we, we saw a flashpoint uh, last year um, when the Ukraine-Russia dispute uh, uh, started. And of course, a lot of things got restricted. You know, obviously, we saw, you know, Germany and or Europe, uh, you know, who was, had become very, very dependent on cheap Russian natural gas. And, of course, when you try and sanction these kind of things, they find themselves in, in, in absolute disarray. The, the, uh, the security of that energy is gone and nothing to replace it. Uh, unfortunately, um, the policy is so bad and we still have some of these people in these seats employing more uh, of this type of policy. Um, I'm wondering, like a, a place like Canada, with, it, with it, the absolute kneecapping of the energy sector by this government that we have, um, uh, but the reality is is that uh, the world needs the product. Uh, like I said before, we're, we're the, the most uh, uh, savvy and, and responsible extractors of our resources, and you know, if Canada doesn't uh, sell that barrel of oil on the market, somebody else will with much lower standards. Uh, you know, there's countries out there that are throwing people off of, uh, you know, buildings because, uh, you know, their, their sexual preference, for crying out loud, they're, they're big producers of, of energy. Uh, you know, there's uh, environmental standards. In Nigeria, they'll, they'll put a pipeline in a, in a wetland uh, if, it, if it means getting, uh, getting product to market. And then we have these kinds of standards and we're getting kneecapped. Uh, but what's happening right now is, is you can't hide the reality of things. And the world is using over 100, uh, 100 million barrels of oil a, a day and we're not producing 100 million barrels a day. So there is a disconnect right now. That's why we're seeing you know, decent pricing. I expect, and many analysts do expect that that tightness in the physical market going forward will, will continue. And expect, uh, you know, higher, higher oil prices. More to your point, I think the reality of, of the situations will ring the day. I mean, look at the, the, the about face that, uh, that Europe made uh, once they realized the situation they were in with natural gas. Uh, they elected to add natural gas to the green side of uh, recognizing it as a green transition, part of the transition. Uh, that wouldn't have happened two years ago. So is that just so a sales job? Is, is, that, is that part of the PR that Rob talks about, that you just simply move something from one side to the green side? And, well, and can you do that? They're ignoring natural gas. Okay, so let me take you back 15, 20 years ago. If, if the Greens were interested, truly interested, in reducing CO2 emissions, they would have been all over natural gas like a Wilco suit. The reason why? immediate drop of 30 or plus percent in CO2 emissions. They're not interested in that. They're not interested in any fossil fuels. They're interested in, in the, 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 the complete reduction of quality of life. Their solutions would drop the world's uh, uh, quality uh, dramatically. 
Uh, they did not embrace natural gas. There's a reason why the U.S. over the past uh, decade have reduced their CO2 emissions is because natural gas became a favor, or a favorite, sorry, in, uh, in, in electricity production. And just employing that much natural gas and displacing coal and some of the higher, uh, uh, the higher density, carbon density uh, uh, products moved their CO2 emissions down. We're playing with, with bad ideas uh, they sound good to a lot of people, but they're all bad ideas. They won't get us where we need to be, and they won't improve the quality of life. Back to Enterprise Group, uh, Des, um, what is ahead uh, for, for the company the rest of 2023 and into 2024 in terms of how you'll continue to grow value for your shareholders? Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're going to continue what we're doing. Um, the fundamentals are improving every quarter, so we're going to continue that trajectory. Um, what I think you can see from us, you know, we, we have made over the, the, you know, Enterprise is 18 years old this year, um, and we've acquired uh, just under 10 businesses uh, over that course of, uh, uh, of our life. Uh, so I think you can expect that from us going forward, so I think we're going to get bigger by growth, and I think we're going to get... Uh, bigger by acquisition uh, methods as well. Um, one of the uh, favorable uh, trends that I've seen from you guys is that there's been a higher, um, in, well, an increase in the amount of management ownership. Um, can you explain why that is a good thing for existing and potential shareholders? Well, I think uh, it's, uh, it goes without saying. I mean, you know, if we've got skin in the game, we're putting, you know, cutting real checks to, to increase our, 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 uh, our holdings, uh, I, I would think that that's, that that's a positive bet for the company. I think that's the only way you can read that. Um, the other uh, addition to that is we, we've been fairly uh, almost aggressive with our, our NCIB, our normal course issue that we brought in a few years back. Um, since its inception, we, we've acquired and canceled uh, approximately 11 million shares. And uh, that equates to around 20% of the company that we've we bought back and canceled. So uh, shareholders are getting the benefit of, of that. You know, the, 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 the more our, our share capital goes, uh, goes down, uh, our share count, uh, the better it is for the value. All right, before we wrap up, Des, is there anything else uh, that uh, you'd like to discuss? Well, I think we've touched on, uh, you know, really the, the, the strong points. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, parting now, I, I guess, you know, just what you can expect from us. I, I think I was pretty, uh, uh, you know, pinpointing what you can count on from us. And, and I think that is uh, while we're in, in, a, in a good energy, Canadian energy market, uh, I do expect that, that revenues will, will stay strong. And we'll st still continue to uh, uh, deliver the margins that, that we've developed over a, uh, a period of time. We've got uh, an excellent set of businesses that are providing, uh, you know, leading uh, equipment classes that our clients uh, desire. Even in the, you know, during that downturn, our, our, our equipment is very specialized. It's purpose built for for specific uh, needs in the field. So, um, you know, it's it's not a bunch of commodity-style equipment that everybody has. It, it, it's a very specialized uh, uh, set of assets. And, 
you know, I, I, I think, you know, going forward, you can see us as being very well positioned, you know, highly discounted to our, to our actual uh, asset worth. And uh, I think that backstops a lot when you can, you know, acquire enterprise at prices we are on the market today. That's Des O'Kell, Senior Vice President of Enterprise Group. You were very restrained during some of my <laughs> pontificating on the oil industry and the Green Revolution, Kelly. Yeah, well, you know, it just wasn't the time or place. Uh, it will come, Rob. I'm sure it'll come. Looking forward to it. <laughs> but that's it for today for On the Edge. You can also check out our website at businessedgemedia.ca for more stories like this in our digital magazine. That is businessedgemedia.ca. I'm Kelly Ryan. I'm Rob Driscoll. Thanks for listening.